Everyone who served the Galactic Empire had been knowing instruments of terror. Some had been born or had come of age under the shadowy spell of imperial rule, accepting the regime as the default of civilization, for how could they have known anything other? Through the control of information, heavy indoctrination, and manipulation of personal virtues such as loyalty and duty, the Empire had claimed many noble servants as well. One such hero, Suntor Fell, was considered one of the galaxy's greatest starfighter pilots to ever live. Early Life Suntir Fell was born on the planet Corellia, in a region known for its remote rural agriculture. He was the eldest son of a man who worked as a pilot the agro combine called Allied Grain and Roughage. He had numerous siblings, and much of the family also worked for the combine. Suntir and his siblings learned both the value of loyalty, family, and hard work, along with how to raise and tender plants, a skill Suntir would cultivate the rest of his life. Fell also learned how to fly, and was renowned as a skilled pilot even in his early days, commercially even saving his father's job by filling in and through leisure by winning the AGR's airspeed racers. He soon took a job as a pilot himself working for the Combine until he intervened on an attempted rape by the sons of local managers and executives. This put him in the bad books of the Combine when he sought out intervention through Corellian security forces and Inspector Hal Horn, father of the later famous Corrin Horn, took up the case. But it quickly fell apart when Suntir was sent to the Imperial Academy as a backhanded gesture of gratitude by the Combine executives, preventing him from testifying at the trial. Horn, however, took it upon himself to keep an eye on the guilty parties and did eventually find a case to have them Life at the Academy. Suntir found himself suddenly thrust into the wider galaxy, a far cry from his rural upbringing. He adjusted quickly, but did not care much for academic pursuits, preferring physical activity, combat classes, mechanics, and playing gravball, becoming the team captain. 
Suntor's greatest achievements, however, were his piloting classes, which he dominated with ease. He trained in flight simulators and in TIE fighters, rivaled only by one other cadet, Han Solo. The two up-and-coming officers developed a mutual respect, however they did not become close. He graduated second to Solo, and even caught the eye of Emperor Palpatine himself, who attended the graduation ceremony with Darth Vader. It would not take long for such a talented pilot to find himself sent to real-world combat. Duty to the Empire Suntir was assigned to command a flight of the 6th Squadron of the 37th Imperial Fighter Wing under Captain Lun Tessera, abroad the Dreadnought-class heavy cruiser Abrogator. This posting was considered prestigious for a recent Academy graduate, and Suntir quickly found himself flying against the Lortan fanatics who were committing genocide against the Tunroth species. Fell and the Empire were successful in stopping the attackers, and Suntir soon became renowned as a daring pilot, but also very caring of the welfare of his men. He soon outshone his commanding officer, Tessera, who was known to take fewer personal risks, even at the expense of his comrades. TIE fighters were not known for their resilience, and pilots would often be killed in the line of duty, shy of a year of service. This led to a phenomenon called temp flu, where a pilot, approaching his anniversary, would become increasingly cautious and jeopardize the well-being of others and the mission to just survive and hopefully be reassigned to a less risky occupation. Tessera did survive and transferred out, leaving command to his subordinate Fell. Suntir was quick to carve a furious reputation for his Thai squadron, the 637th, and it was renowned across the Empire for daring after he took command. Fell, having come to his own year of service and promotion to captain, was set to transfer out of the highly lethal high pilot trade. He, however, refused the transfer, his sense of duty to the Empire and his men too great to simply command from the safety of a captain's bridge, preferring to be able to take the fight to the enemy with his own personal skill behind the controls. Suntir served a second year, earning him both great respect from his Imperial compatriots and legendary status for his length of service in such a dangerous role. After the conclusion of his second tour, he was finally transferred over to fleet operations to serve as a captain at the young age of 24, being one of the youngest ever to achieve such a rank. For the next part of his career, Fell would command patrol dreadnoughts fighting smugglers, Although any former TIE pilot might take this promotion as well-earned and much less dangerous tasking, Fell saw it as a downgrade. However, his sense of duty meant he would do the best job possible, even at such a meager post. 
he quickly earned the respect of his subordinates. Fall from Grace When the corrupt Moff Shield had drawn attention of Imperial Command for having double dealings with the Hut crime cartels, the Moff took a hard stance against crime in the region to distance himself publicly from his own corruption. He ordered the blockade of the Hut world of Nalhutta and gave the command to raise the Moon City to the ground via orbital bombardment. Despite this ruthless order, however, other political plots were unfolding as well. A subordinate commander who had been bribed by the Huts to reveal the Imperial battle plans, and another ordered given by other Imperial agents to throw the battle against the Huts intentionally so that Moff Shield's reputation would be destroyed. Commander Greenlanks, Moff Shield's subordinate and Suntorfell's superior, had drawn up intentionally poor battle plans to lose the fight. However, Fell, a competent commander and unaware of Greenlanks' order to lose the battle, put up resistance to the misguided plan. Fell himself was also wary of the order to destroy the city moon, as it would kill untold billions. The battle began and the Huts had put together a resistance force of smugglers and pirates, led by the smuggler Mako Spins and Fell's former classmate Han Solo, having since defected from the Empire. Although Fell was a reluctant combatant at first, he resolved to defeat the smugglers after they had attacked and killed Captain Darv Adion, an Imperial officer and personal friend of Suntur's since his youth on Corellia. The battle intensified, with the Imperial forces finally giving the order to retreat, threatening to abandon a host of TIE fighters still engaged with enemy forces. Fell, caring deeply for the welfare of those under his command, vehemently objected to abandoning the Imperial pilots. Disobeying the immediate retreat order, Fell slowed down to allow as many fighters to dock with the ship, even past its capacity. He was reprimanded for his heroics, however. Commander Greenlanks was ultimately held responsible for the failure of the battle and was executed by Darth Vader. As for Suntir, he had been subtly demoted and returned back to the Starfighter Corps. Still too talented to throw back into the fray, however, Fell became a TIE instructor and test pilot for various experimental TIE variant fighters like the TIE Aggressor, a fighter-bomber variant able to fly longer and farther sorties with superior firepower over the traditional TIE, including a rear gunner, but suffering from a less maneuverability. It would be used mainly as an interdiction craft to target smuggling ships known to be ferrying weapons and supplies to the Rebellion, or the TIE Hunter another multi-role starfighter used by storm commandos to hunt X-Wings. They used S-foils similar to their counters and had shielding and hyperdrives, a major departure from regular TIE designs. They were also waterproof and could be submerged for days at a time, able to take off unimpeded. As a teacher, Fell set out to do the best job possible again and instill confidence and competence in the future pilots for the Empire. His students included a host of renowned names including Tycho Selchu, Biggs Darklighter, and Derek Clavian, amongst many others. The pilots Fell instructed were exceptional, which brought the attention of Grand Moff Tarkin and began repairing his reputation with the Empire as a whole. Tarkin invited Fell to join the elite bodyguard TIE fighter unit, however his aspirations were cut short when a number of his prominent protégés had defected to the Rebellion. Once again, setting back his reputation and condemning him to the 181st Imperial Fighter Wing, a unit with an equally poor reputation dubbed the 180 Worst. 
and was where Imperial officers' careers and men went to die. Risen from the Ashes Extremely undisciplined and unmotivated, the Wing's commander, Colonel Evier Derricot, was equally uninterested in commanding the unit, and cared more for his garden than the men. Sunter, the natural leader that he was, found this unacceptable and began training the pilots as he had done at the academy. The pilots improved significantly under Fell's leadership and tested their mettle against the rebellion when ordered to take the world of Ord Benir. While Fell led the Imperial pilots to victory, routing the rebel forces, his victory was soon overshadowed by the destruction of the Death Star that occurred on the same day. In a desperate attempt to bury the loss, the Empire was quick to promote Fell and celebrate the victory at Ord Benir, where he was promoted to major and dubbed an imperial hero. The 181st was transferred to Coruscant and reformed to an elite TIE fighter unit. At the gala that marked his promotion, Felnet met Wynisa Starflare, another Corellian and famous actress who took a liking to the pilot, and the two began a romance. Fel would soon propose to the famed actress, however, she had a great secret. She had become famous under the stage name Wynisa Starfare, Flair, but her true identity was Sial Antilles, sister to the famed rebel pilot Wedge Antilles. She agreed to the proposal and revealed her identity to suit her. Scared that her secret would destroy her career in imperial high society, along with Fells and worse, that her husband would one day have to face Wedge in combat. Fell agreed to keep her secret, and the pair soon had two sons, Davin and Chak, in secret in order to protect them from their uncle, and were sent to be raised with Fell's family on Corellia. Despite this, Fell and his wife became celebrities within Imperial High Society. Fell, the imperial hero, and his wife, Wanisa, the famed actress. Fell continued to lead the 181st in combat, proving their newfound reputation as deadly pilots and aces in missions after mission, convincing Fell that he would, sooner or later, have to face his brother-in-law on the battlefield. In 3 ABY, Isain Isard, director of Imperial Intelligence, approached Fell and attempted to seduce the pilot both physically and with offers of power. Fell rejected both her offers, and Isard deflected, claiming that her advances had been a test orchestrated by the Emperor himself, though Suntir could f- tell that she had taken the rejection personally, making him a political enemy. Uncomfortable in the crosshairs of imperial intelligence and with heavy secret of his wife's true identity, he began making contingency plans to protect his family. Although ever loyal to the Empire, 
The lessons he had learned in his youth put his family above all. Fell was deeply loyal and loving of his wife, who was one of the few people who called him by his nickname, Tyr. True Believer On a mission assigned by Darth Vader and Grand Admiral Thrawn, the 181st had been tasked with destroying a vital supply transport for the Rebellion. Suntor was surprised to see an alien with such a high rank within the Empire. Fel had been a true believer in the Empire, and seeing his challenged previously justified ideas like humanocentrism and xenophobia, through a bigotry of low expectations, believing it humanity's duty to protect, quote, lower species, even from themselves. The mission had been successful, though. Fell observed the mission was more of a slaughter than a battle, and under defended transports being easy prey for the starfighters. They were not wholly undefended, however, and Fell killed famed rebel commander Arhul Nara, and the battle and renegade flight was totally destroyed opening the position for leadership to aspiring rogue pilots like Luke Skywalker and Wedge Antilles. The crippling blow to the rebellion was celebrated once again centering Fell as a hero, where he was promoted to the rank of Colonel, now taking command of the 181st, and seeing his former commander, Derricott, promoted to General and transferred to a new station. Fell was also granted the title of Baron of the Empire by Palpatine himself in recognition of his service. His title also granted him a large estate on Corellia, where he would move his family. Despite his accolades, Fell noted that the alien commander Thrawn was not recognized for his part in the planning of a mission that vaulted his own career to such heights, and soon became malcontented with the Empire's policies, seeing them for what they were. This, combined with his earlier run-in with the Isard, began to undercut his previous idealized vision of the Empire. Fighter Ace and the Fall of the Empire Baron Suntir Fell was present at many pivotal battles, including harassing rebel ships fleeing Hoth, and at the Battle of Endor, where the second Death Star and the Empire itself suffered an enormous defeat. The 181st proved themselves in their many engagements and could be identified by a red stripe that they would paint their fighters when they had downed at least 10 enemies, a feat that most of the exceptional pilots would achieve. They also were granted many of the few TIE interceptors, fighters known for their speed and agility and reserved only for the best pilots in the Navy. As the balance of power shifted and the rebellion evolved into the New Republic, Fell continued his service to the Imperial Remnant under the leadership of Grand Vizier State Prestige. Despite his legendary status, Baron Fell had also made a new rival from within the ranks, an exceptional pilot and politician, Countess Iran Riyadh, who adopted the superior custom Tai Defender, which she had painted red. 
The rivalry came to an end when she had been branded a traitor and Fell was tasked with hunting her down and killing her. His popularity and heroism continued to rally Imperial forces, and he was held up as an aspirational figure across the Imperial remnant. He had become a literal poster boy, his face plastered over propaganda. Pilots would even argue that his skill even rivaled Darth Vader's before his death, though that claim would never be tested. At the time, Wedge Antilles, Fell's brother-in-law, reached similar heights of legendary status for the Rebellion and the Republic. Fell's popularity had become so great amongst the fractured forces of the Empire, Hussein Isard had even considered offering him the title of Emperor to help unite a fracturing Imperial remnant, though her own ambitions were also in play, and she ultimately saw him as a rival for the throne. In a ruthless plot to erode the confidence of the current head of the Empire, Isard concocted a plan to sacrifice Imperial forces in a loss at Brantal IV and have Sate Pestage pinned for the failure. In the effort, she recruited a wing of the 181st who were unaware of the plot. At the battle, Rogue Squadron and Wedge Antilles arrived to the battle of the 181st. Fell caught wind of Isard's plan and was infuriated at the waste of his pilots' lives for her political ambitions. Isard had also planned for Fell to face off with Antilles at the battle, having discovered his wife's true identity, using her skill at intelligence acquisition. Fell arrived to support his pilots at the battle and helped repel the Republic attack. However, Rogue Squadron had already retreated by the time he arrived. Fell and the rest of the 181st helped repel the rest of the Republic assault. He himself was honored by the Imperial Admiral Lonnie Soto, who made Fell's Day an official holiday. The Baron, however, was not impressed at the Admiral's incompetence. Isard's senseless waste of Imperial lives and his faith beginning to crumble in an empire he had fought so long for. The Republic returned again and the Imperial elite began looting and trying to escape the world before it would fall. Wedge Antilles and Soon Tear Fell would engage briefly for the first time, but his fighter was downed thanks to Colonel Horton Salm of the Rebellion hitting him with an ion cannon blast from his Y-wing. Fell's fighter lost power, and he would be forced to land where he and his craft were captured by the Republic. Defection Suntor Fell would remain in custody of the Republic, where he would be confronted by his brother-in-law. Suntor revealed his wife's identity to Antilles, who had long since thought his sister lost. For her part, 
Upon hearing of Fell's capture, she had taken her children into hiding. Fell offered to defect to the Republic after recounting his life story to his captors and identifying with the story of another rebel hero, Luke Skywalker, who had a similar but opposite fate, feeling that their roles could easily have been swapped had things turned out differently. Fell was also tired of the consistent sacrifice the Empire made of its subordinates for the benefit of its corrupt elite and had the personal ambition to find his family. Fell's defection was accepted by Captain Antilles, and he would be assigned to Rogue Squadron. Although other pilots and Republic officers were wary of Fell's conversion, Antilles believed him and felt that, despite his legendary abilities as a pilot, the combined force of Rogue Squadron could keep him in check should he betray the Republic. Despite the mistrust of many pilots, Fell had also been quickly adopted by his former students who had joined the Rebellion and who were pleased to serve alongside him once again. In service to the Republic, Fell would cross paths with other former Imperials such as his old classmate Han Solo. He began assisting with the propaganda war, using his status as an Imperial hero, now defector, to further erode confidence in the remaining Imperials, although he feared his public persona would invoke the wrath of Asard, as his wife would still remain missing. He would often be seen wearing his black and red striped Imperial flight suit, despite his new allegiance. Fell leveraged his status as well, pretending to be an Imperial double agent to gain the confidence of other Imperial sympathizers to foil a kidnapping plot for Senator Leia Organa. Fell would continue to fight against the Empire, his resolve being hardened when he was able to confront a captured state pistache who reminded Fell of the flaws of the Empire. The Republic was able to find Fell's wife and return her to Fell, where they were able to live free from Imperial retaliation. Starflare adopting her original identity again as Sile, with her children. Meanwhile, the Empire began to publicly demonize and discredit Fell for his public def defection. The Fell family would soon suffer a tragedy, as Suntir Fell would be captured and thought dead by Grand Admiral Thrawn. During Fell's multi-year disappearance, Wedge Antilles had recorded an account of Fell's life as a tribute. Suntir, however, was alive and well. Admiral Thrawn, the wily tactician that he was, showed Fell the dangerous and mysterious threats in the dark and untamed galaxy, and how an empire built on strength and order would be necessary to tame the stars. This spoke to Fell's original ideals and convinced him to return to the side of the empire. He joined the Empire of the Hand under Thrawn's leadership, and allied with his Chiss household guard. This new imperial vision would be free of the corruption and infighting that plagued Palpatine's empire. He became a general and secreted his wife and children back to his side, away from the Republic. He also resumed his title of Baron. Fell took command of Grey Squadron and began subduing many of the new empire's enemies, but remained hidden from the New Republic who continued to believe him dead. He was one of Thrawn's most trusted lieutenants, 
and led the Empire of the Hand's entire Starfighter Corps when Thrawn had gone into the Unknown Regions. Baron Fell also gave his genetic material to cloned sleeper agents seated across the New Republic. At the same time, seizing on Fell's reputation, an Imperial warlord, Zinch, had created a fake Fell using an AI pilot that mimicked his voice and created a fake 181st to impress and terrify his opponents. The ruse worked for a time until Wedge Antilles shot down the TIE fighter and discovered the fake. Shadow Family In the end, Thrawn was killed and fell along with Thrawn's other top lieutenants took leadership of the fledgling empire. Despite the devastation of Thrawn's death, he committed to continuing the great work he had been appointed. Between building an empire, the ever-dutiful family man at heart, he also worked to raise his sons, Chak and Davin, and had a third son named Jagged, named for his grandfather Jagged Antilles, a fourth son, Kem, who was raised in secret and apart from even his siblings, a Chiss tradition referred to as a shadow child. The Fell family had adopted to ensure the survival of their house if they were ever attacked and wiped out by their enemies. He also raised two daughters, Cherith and Wynessa. The family grew up amongst the Chiss ascendancy in the unknown regions and adopted their highly disciplined lifestyles. His children rose to prominence amongst the Chiss and the Empire of the Hand, though the two organizations did not get along. Jagged, Chak, Davin, and Cherith all had prominent and promising military careers. However, Davin and Cherith would perish in service to the Empire of the Hand at 20 years old and younger. Fel continued as commander and steward of the Empire of the Hand, bringing order, of the, order to the Unknown Regions, and continued to fight on the front lines, losing an eye against one enemy warlord and adopting an eye patch due to the lack of medical resources in the hostile region. He also received a permanent limp from another injury and retired from frontline service. When Fel kidnapped Mara Jade, Luke Skywalker discovered the Hidden Empire in the Unknown Regions, and discovered Baron Suntar Fel still lived in his secret empire. Mara Jade, having previously been an Imperial servant, was offered a place in the New Order, but she declined. After uncovering a ruse by rival Imperial Moff and a clone of Admiral Thrawn had been finally killed by Mara Jade, the Empire of the Hand was forced to reveal itself and forge an alliance with Galad Pelion and the Imperial Remnant, though they remained cautious allies and never revealed too much information about their secret empire. When the Yuzhan Vong invaded, Fel sent his forces to help in the war effort, along with his son Jagged as their commander. Despite his assistance, Suntor did no not commit all his forces to the war and continued em empire building in the Unknown Reaches. When the Vong pierced the heart of the Republic at Coruscant, and his pleading wife and son Jagged, who not only experienced the war firsthand, but had begun a budding romance with Jaina Solo, asked, his, asked him to commit more to the war effort. Suntor relented and sent Chiss and Imperial forces in a renewed effort to fend off the Yazan Vong invasion.
Civil War. At home, amongst the Chiss, Fell managed to enter into the previously insular society, one of the few humans to meet their exacting standards, and gained a high rank. Using their medical technology, Suntir had also replaced his eye with a biological replacement. Fell would serve to build relations between the Secretive Society and the Galactic Alliance, and met with the Skywalker family on many occasions to forge political and familial relationships through the romance of their children, Jagged and Jaina. However, the pair broke up. During the Chiss Civil War, Suntir would sadly lose another son, Chak, leaving only Jagged, Kem, and Winissa. His surviving children and heirs, Suntir was saddened by the loss of his children, but his sense of duty and understanding of the ideals of sacrifice helped him to accept their losses. When the Killicks had been discovered as the instigators behind the Civil War, he attacked them, pitting them against the Jedi and the Galactic Alliance, who attempted to broker a peace deal between the factions and pitting Jagged Fell against his former lover Jaina and the Jedi. Suntir, however, would be disgraced among the Chiss when the war with the Killicks and their Jedi allies was reignited. The Fell family being held morally and financially responsible by the Chiss political rivalry Rar. Jagged Fell was exiled from the Chiss and sent out into the galaxy to fend for himself, and Suntir was left dishonored and impoverished. He would eventually regain his family honor by killing Rar, restoring his name and reputation amongst the Chiss, and his son became the head of state of the Imperial Remnant after his exile. Not much more was known about the great and mysterious Suntir Fell. However, his son Jagged and the name Fell would be known across the galaxy again in the years to come. But that is a story for another time. from our sponsors. Sleek, fast, affordable, CNR Fleet Systems is proud to present the TIE D Defender. With our patented twin ion engine technology, the Defender features starting at just 300,000 credits. There's never been such a balance between affordability, survivability, and air superiority. With our new tri-wing design, it can go fast, blast, and harass with the best of them. CNR Fleet Systems, fly with confidence. Thanks for flying with us. Jordan here. Just wanted to let everyone know what's happening here at the Star Lords podcast. Star Lords is now on Discord. If you would like to join the Star Lords Cantina Discord server, you can find a link in the description or on any of our social media accounts. Reach out with a DM or email. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, 
or Twitter by searching the Star Lores podcast. Go ahead and give our page a like and send us a message. You can also email at starlorespodcast at gmail.com. Send us your fan art, Star Wars collections, or fan fictions, and you may even get a feature on one of our pages or even the show. Don't be afraid to offer corrections or add to any of the topics that we discuss on the show. We are also on Patreon, so if you want to help us pay the bills, as well as get a few awesome perks like bonus episodes, access to the private Facebook group, or the VIP section of the Discord server, head on over to patreon.com forward slash starlores and sign up for as little as one US dollar a month. And finally, make sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcatcher app or YouTube, as well as sending us a five-star review on iTunes. This really helps us reach a wider audience. Enjoy the rest of the show. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome aboard the Millennial Falcon. This is Christian. This is Jordan. We are currently cruising through the darkness of the Unknown Regions, where we heard there was uh, a few civilizations that have been so far uncontacted and managed to keep themselves fairly secret from the rest of the galaxy. I guess our secrets are out now, but uh, yeah. Um, really quick, I do want to go back to a quick discussion that I feel like we we talked about it kind of after we ended the episode, uh, Jordan and I, and I kind of wanted to go back and just mention it here. So just discussing the Imperial Navy. Um, in our last episode, in episode 66. Yeah. No. No. Uh, 67. 67? Yeah. I thought this was 67. No, this should be 68. Oh, okay. Yeah. You have 67. Yeah, I know. That's my fault. I'm, okay. I'm realizing that now. Okay. <laughs> uh, but anyways, we were talking about the Imperial Navy. Um, and one thing we didn't really talk about is the importance of navies for empire building. Um, yeah, totally. Historically. Uh, we lightly t- touched on that, I'm pretty sure. We did after. Uh-oh. We quit recording and that's why I was oh, like, oh, we should have oh. yeah, talked about it on the mic. <laughs> that's, so, why I, that's why I remember talking about it. Yeah, because we literally had the discussion. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So we won't delve in it too heavily here because we do want to talk about other things more related to soon to fell, but I mean, he is a great pilot and he served the Imperial Navy. So it's still somewhat relevant. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, navies are super important for building empires. Um, we know that historically, even as far back as, you know, the Greek and Roman empire, sea power is king. Um, and as recently as the British empire and even currently with modern, uh, well, even, even before I believe like the Dutch were like when they were the sort of the reserve currency of the world, they had the biggest Navy as well. Um, and then the British after them. And yeah, like, yeah, was, you can't be an empire if you don't have the strongest Navy on the planet. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, even like, I, I, I know more about the British empire just cause it's my interest, yeah. uh, but the British empire didn't have the same like army size as they did their Navy size. Right. Yet they controlled huge tracts of land Yeah, with a smaller land force 
but a massive naval force, right? Yeah. Well, and even like the British Empire, if you look at a map of it, it's crazy because actual Britain is so, yeah, so tiny <laughs> relative but to the, the world. Yeah, the, yeah. The, you know, they had remember they had all of India and Pakistan yeah. and like all the African countries, right? And the most of North America. And yeah. Canada, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Australia. Yeah. <laughs> south africa yeah. yeah it's it's like pretty wild but yeah it's you control the seas you kind of control everything control the world yeah. yeah and like i said this is a trajectory you see as far back as like when the greeks controlled the mediterranean and the carthaginians controlled the mediterranean and the romans and the sea peoples even like devastated the entire bronze age civilizations because of their naval power that's right we actually don't know for sure but if you're called the sea peoples it's implied that you have some kind of naval superiority that's right yeah um and then even in modern modern day the importance of aircraft carriers uh and power projection is still huge yeah and it also like so like the the u.s navy right now is the most powerful navy and they protect basically all the shipping lanes uh in the world in the world yeah and <clears throat> this is like very important for global trade right and this kind of a, at least the argument is that it protects uh, and stabilizes global trade and you don't have pirate problems and yeah. whatnot. Um, so Otherwise you get the Caribbean all over again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like um, if you really want to like understand where all of like America's power comes from and every empire preceding it, it is their Navy. Yeah. It, it really is nothing else. And their wealth comes from their Navy protecting yeah. the shipping lanes. Right? And then the wealth is moved on those ships That's too, right? right? Yeah. So, so it, it, it's a, um, not talked about enough how important, you know, a Navy is to commerce, to uh, military might and, and yeah. you know, achieving order in yes. the galaxy and again so bring it to star wars exactly like yeah. you would you should expect the empire to have a powerful navy if it is to control the galaxy yeah. and now again navy in this point the whole dichotomy of a aquatic navy versus a space navy but it they have ultimately the same function and purpose in space yeah. is transportation of goods and people and military projection of power and it fulfills yeah, all the same lanes, roles, right? Yeah, like, exactly. That's what they're protecting. Yeah, basically, it's all the same roles, just yeah. in now in a three-dimensional space. Right. I guess naval is technically three-dimensional if you consider submarines too. Yeah. Less. <laughs> that's true. But yeah. <laughs> my point aside, it is more two-dimensional, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I just really wanted to address that. I think it was a huge point that we should have mentioned in that episode and kind of didn't. So. Yeah. Anyways, let's uh, talk about Baron Suntor Fell, the hero good Baron. of the Empire. <laughs> One of the last legends of the old Empire. <laughs> and legends of Star Wars. That's true. Um, so the story of Suntor feels like an attempt to give the Empire a hero that's not just another bad guy. Um, to add a little gray to the black and white of the Star Wars. Um, he's definitely a sympathetic hero. Um, he's portrayed, he's often like, I guess maybe anti-hero might be a better term for him because he's he's even introduced in the X-Wing series uh, is where he first gets introduced into the universe, uh, the comic book series, as kind of like a... Uh, a counter to, you know, Rogue X-Wing follows like Rogue Squadron and their exploits. So he's this like dangerous nemesis. But 
when you delve into the character of Sunterfell, he's got this like very heroic, like dutiful, he's loyal to family. He's loyal to the empire. He realizes kind of where the empire's flaws are, but then it takes someone like Grand Admiral, Admiral Thrawn to kind of like bring him back and actually convinces him to defect away from the Republic and yeah. back into like the Imperial ideal as, as it should have been, at least in Suntor's mind, uh, with the empire of the hand. So, yeah, like I said, it just kind of adds a hero to the Empire side, so they're not all bad. Um, and the Rebellion, I guess, isn't portrayed in a bad light. I wish they would play more on that and maybe have... They do that in Rogue One with, like, the uh, the extremist rebels that, like, kind of right, make yeah. them into, like, uh, almost terrorists, essentially, yeah. and, like, almost fanatics. Yeah, I think they could have played on that thread a little more yeah I, I wish they had yeah. but it, it's there kind of the background if you yeah. dig into the lore and i wish they had done the same even with legends canon so yeah. it's a good it, it's soon fell is an, is a sympathetic anti-hero um and you do root for the guy you know he's he cares about getting his family back even when he's working with grand admiral thrawn um he cares about the men under his command he doesn't throw them away like a petty moth uh which is are the things that turn him off the old empire anyways. Yeah. Um, <coughs> obvious inspirations for Sunter fell, especially the Baron piece of it, um, is the red Baron from world war one, uh, Manfred von Richthofen. Um, obviously being this fighter ace, this whole like romantic idealization, which I mean, we even still have today with like things like top gun, but it was, it was even prominent back in world war one where you had, you know, these knights of the sky, these like very romantic heroes who would duel in aircraft above the battlefield. Yeah. Um, and you see yeah. elements of that in Star Wars too with like... Oh yeah, it's like dogfights. Yeah. Right? yeah, and and pilots are the heroes. Like Luke Skywalker's a great pilot. Anakin Skywalker's mm-hmm. a great pilot. Um, there's this big emphasis on, yeah, dogfights. I, I also kind of like how um, he's sort of like the equal opposite of Wedge Antilles in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. Like he leads like this elite uh, squadron uh, squadron of yeah. TIE fighters, which is cool, a cool way to like explore the Imperial side of TIE fighters because in, in all the films are depicted as very uh, expendable, yeah. you know, and just like... Faceless, yeah. bad guys, just like stormtroopers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, with the exception of Darth Vader uh, and, y- you know his piloting skills and whatnot, like every other uh, TIE fighter, there isn't much to say about them. But like with this one, it, it is it is cool. And you almost have to respect an elite TIE fighter squadron more because it's so much more difficult yeah, to be a TIE fighter. To be a TIE fighter pilot, yeah. yeah. Um, that's one thing too, yeah, in, in his story, Suntor's story, where, you know, pilots aren't expected really to last more than a year in the cockpit. And they're right. like, desperate to get out of the role because they're like going to get killed yeah <laughs> and for Suntor to like hang back and be like no i'm going to keep going with this right yeah uh just really underpins his heroism even more yeah and probably helped like cement his legacy yeah, as well exactly uh, or his legend yeah um i will say also so star wars suffers i had a conversation with someone online about this so about stormtroopers which when we do a stormtrooper episode i'm really going to harp on this but we'll talk about it here with tie pilots so obviously 
the construction of stormtroopers and tie pilots by extension are throwaway bad guys that are just supposed to get gunned down and tossed aside like they're not our focus we're focused on the heroes of the story they're narrative devices more than anything uh but then the lore comes in and like says like no they're actually like these elite soldiers and the tie pilots aren't necessarily bad pilots and the tie fighter isn't a bad fighter craft it's just based on how it's used and what its capabilities are. Yeah. Uh, we kind of talked about this during the Navy episode, but yeah. like It's a quantity over quality. Exactly. The yeah. Imperial doctrine is to just throw these almost fanatically suicidal pilots at their enemies yeah. based on doctrine rather than like the actual skill of the fighter pilot themselves, right? So you could very well have tons of like great pilots who are just like thrown at an enemy just because of that's that's the tactic right world yeah. war one you know doesn't matter how good of a soldier you are the tactic is we charge the enemy trench and hopefully we don't all get gunned down before we get there right that's right yeah so it's it speaks more to the empire's tactical mindset and maybe their lack of value on human life more so than like how good the individual soldier is or how skilled they are or the even the equipment how the equipment they're given is being used right Again, the TIE Fighter isn't necessarily a bad craft. It just lacks a lot of what the X-Wing does, but it's this pro and con balance. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Suntor, I just wanted to mention also, he uh, he was very popular among fans when he was introduced. Um, I think Star Wars also has this thing where they just introduce you back. It's the Boba Fett syndrome, right? Like they just yeah. introduce this throwaway <laughs> background character kind of thing. And then it just takes on this life of its own because the fans just like gravitate to it. I, but I think also with that, there is like an aesthetic, like people quality. really like the TIE fighter, right? Yeah. It kind of becomes really I, cool. I like TIE fighters more than X-Wings. I'll be the first to say. Yeah. Fair Granted, I'm an Imperial fanboy. So I, <laughs> I like Stormtroopers. I like. Yeah. But when you, especially like when you grow up with the toys and stuff yeah. and, and playing the video games, it, you know, you, you kind of like, you want to explore <laughs> more of that realm that isn't really explored in the films right because there it seems like there's so much more story to tell there so yeah I, I like i i can see how people would you could make cool characters and then they would they'd have these Take sort of cult followings of yeah yeah um so sorry as you were saying yeah well yeah i was just saying like the fans really liked him and not just the fans but uh timothy zan who of Star Wars fame, you know, came up with the character of Admiral Thrawn, which is another character that kind of like really uh, was, I don't want to say propped up because it's not really fair, but like elevated by the fans, right? Yeah, and yeah. People love Grand Admiral Thrawn and the books that Zan has, has authored. And Zan even so much liked Suntor Fella. He's like, oh, I got to include him in my book. So he yeah, was the original yeah. author. And like now he's featured in this story and that story. And then he's just, like, again, he takes on that life of his own. But that's also cool because... It's sort of like the extended Star Wars universe became like this collaborative thing where yeah. like everyone's sort of adding texture into the story yeah. and using each other's characters and stuff. Now, and to, It is like building a life of its own. Right? Yeah. Now that does lead to complications and you even see that with Suntor's story where that you kind of have to go back and retcon this or that. It, mm -hmm. If say, you know, oh, here's a cool character I made, Jordan, you can include him in your story. But then you say something definitive about my character mm -hmm. and then I have to write a book later on and yeah. I'm like, well, I don't <laughs> kind of like that detail. So I'm going to change it. Or a, a third party comes in and they didn't know you said this and they did their own thing and now you have like a conflict but 
at the same time, yes, it builds this like rich textual history where you have these characters with these massive backstories that they appear here, there, and everywhere, um, just in the background, right? You don't even know they're there. Sinterfell was at Hoth. Sinterfell was at the Battle of Endor, right? He just didn't, you know, he's nameless TIE fighter in the background. And I do kind of like these characters who are outside of films or even video games for that matter, only because you don't have like a preconceived idea of what they're supposed to be like, right? So I think there is kind of a problem, you know, trying to write a character who is iconic in a film and like, bringing them into whatever plot or story you have and to try and keep that character true to who that character yeah, is. Consistent. There's all these expectations of yeah. who that character is. But if you can kind of have a sort of a blank canvas and... You could do something new or different. Or yeah. Or, yeah. So, I, yeah, like I'm a big fan of these... Side characters? Yeah, the, yeah. these uh, non-film like characters that never appeared in the film, even though they're like connected to the story of yeah. the film. Um. Yeah, and I just want to say he's, he's so popular that he's has a counterpart essentially in uh, the Disney canon who's Soran Keys of the 204th TIE Fighter Wing. Oh, is that right? Um, now, the author was asked if he was directly inspired by Sutterfell, and the author, I believe, denied it. <laughs> but, I mean, the, they're very similar in a lot of ways. This heroic or anti-heroic TIE Fighter pilot is, like, loved by his men, like, is, you know, this ultra-lethal... Captain, I I don't know a lot about the the canon side of it. I I should have maybe done some background reading on it yeah. for this episode. But from the pieces that I had read, it's like it pretty much sounds sounds like him. I feel like Disney has done that a couple. Times. Oh yeah, they do it all the time, and they deny yeah always, being inspired by anything. And they w- they get no honor. <laughs> yeah, I don't. There's no material liars. Yeah. But if they're not going to like give credit, credit then yeah, they're just they're just uh, ripping them off. That's I think it's I mean. a branding thing. They're, they want to, you know, no, know. this is the new action figure. You, I want you to be interested in this guy, not the old one, right? Yeah, but I, I think it really does a, a discredit to the people that came up with the original material across do, the board. I wonder, do you think Disney could make a lot of money if they sort of like? revived legends so there, and did it did do a multiverse there is a like rumor we have, a, we have discussed this before yeah there was but. a rumor for a while that that's what they were gonna do and then and i mean disney has remarketed and rebranded well not rebranded necessarily but they have remarketed old legends content so you can now go back and buy all like the dark horse comic runs oh, okay. under like the marvel bread but they're dark horse comics yeah that, i think i saw a Mara Jade action yeah. figure somewhere. Yeah, yeah. and so no action figures. Which too. is like surprising. Yeah, they dip into the Legends continuity because yeah. they, I think they finally realized like, you know what? We know it's going to sell if we, <laughs> yeah, if yeah. we just cave and just give them a little taste of what they had. Um, which I mean, I'll leave it up to you, the audience, to see if that ta- tactic will work. <laughs> it hasn't with me yet, but. Well, I, I know they brought Timothy Zahn back to write books, uh, Thrawn a redone Thrawn trilogy yeah. for Disney. Um, I don't know if it was nearly as good as his original, but... Yeah, and I mean, characters like Thrawn, they have kept somewhat consistent. Even yeah. if the story has changed, the character has remained fairly consistent, and people were pretty into that. Yeah. Um, but again, that's all just marketing and PR. True. And they couldn't show Luke the same respect, so <laughs> yeah. screw him. Um, but yeah, back <laughs> back to Suntor, Baron Suntorfell. Um... What else can we say about him? I 
so one thing I will say, like we have a couple of times, remember this character, remember the name because it will be come very important later. Indeed. Um, which, yeah, I don't want to say it has this meager beginning because I mean, Suntor Fell is like one of the best pilots in the galaxy. It's a pretty big, crazy legacy, but it gets bigger. Yeah. Much bigger. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> then, Stay tuned. Yeah. So I'm sure some people know. Yeah. I'm sure lots of people know. If you're listening to this podcast, yeah. you probably already know. <laughs> but yeah, it's just interesting. And I guess I'll address it more when we get to that point about how this character evolves to such a grand scale or yeah. at least the legacy of this character. Um, and I mean, even with his son, Jagged being included into the whole new like Jedi Academy series and the Yuzong Long invasion, not really Jedi Academy, but the Yuzong Long invasions and having a relationship with uh, Jaina Solo. Yeah. Yeah. You know, who's an inheritor figure. She's it, a next generation. It is interesting that like, yeah, Jagged is with Jaina, but then, uh, soon is with uh like oh antilles uh, yeah the antilles yeah. family i never connected that so technically yeah it's sort of it's they unite rhy- the, they're the, rhyming it right? yeah yeah but they also you actually are family now like the antilles yeah, yeah. families connected through marriage into the fell family connected yeah, to right. the skywalkers yeah <laughs> i didn't i never mentally connected that yeah yeah <laughs> we gotta do a big family tree <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure um yeah Fell's a very cool character like anything imperial personally so i'm down for it mm-hmm. i like that he gets persuaded back to the imperial side because it's always this one-way conversion of imperials losing faith and joining the rebellion yeah yeah um he also is an instructor to some very prominent characters i kind of read their lists of names off uh but uh i forget his first name but Selchu, his sister i want to say is winter who we talked about in the leia episode so like we're name dropping things that if you go back to previous episodes now you have a little more context it's like oh that character's connected there and you know obviously wedge antilles we haven't done an episode on yet but he's a fairly prominent character that we will get to eventually and you'll see those connections and the whole antilles family who are also fairly important family in star wars yeah um but yeah that's uh that's all i really had to say about baron suntor fell yeah he's definitely a cool character yeah Um, cool to dive into he's also a significant character for like the legacy era so yeah yeah absolutely Um, yeah he's sort of important it's important to get a base foundation of uh who he is and where he comes from so yeah all right cool i guess that's it peace